Good afternoon, honeys. This week we have to start off on a more serious note, and I do promise that this podcast does not exist to be political. I'm not going to turn it into a politics podcast. However, we do exist in the real world, and we have to acknowledge the real world realities going on. In light of the developments in the Palestine-Israel situation over the last week, we have decided to postpone the planned episode on Victorian death photography until a more appropriate time. We at Highbrow Honey have empathy for the innocent people caught in the crosshairs on both sides of this conflict, but we recognize that the two states are not equal forces. Therefore, we stand firmly with Palestinians, civilians, and all others calling for a ceasefire and to free Palestine. It is long past time to recognize the extensive and recurring Israeli human rights abuses against the Palestinian people and to take action to stop this cycle of violence. We completely understand that not all listeners share this stance, and we ask you to simply be respectful of ours. We hope, maybe naively, that our followers will seek further educational resources in order to have the best possible understanding of this situation. And in those hopes, we have released an Instagram post citing numerous educators sharing verified information to get you all started. With that being said, we will move on to the bulk of the episode, but I felt it was important to be upfront about the change in plans this week. We are just not going to go there in that sort of imagery. Instead, we will be doing what I would like to call a personal pinup. And that is a special in which I will pick a few items off of my personal art wall that I've been curating for the last six plus years. And I'm gonna tell you why they're up there, what the story is, why I consider them art, and why they are significant to me. So on that, kind of sweeter note, let's get started. So the first pinup we'll be talking about is a postcard that I got from O Sobrero, which is in the northwest of Spain. I got it just this June of 2023 while I was doing the Camino Frances as one of the many destination and experience reminders that I got, most of which I will admit were postcards for the art wall. And this Camino Frances, if you've never heard of it, there's there's actually a whole system of Caminos, which is the Spanish word for like journey, trail. It literally translates to I walk, but it has much more to do with, uh, with this trail system. And there are, I believe, six trails in total, and they go across different areas of Spain, but they all end in Santiago de Compostela in the northwest corner very close to the ocean. And that is because each of these routes is a historical, cultural pilgrimage route of some kind. For example, the Camino Frances, the most popular one, the one which I did, is known as the Saints Trail because St. John was the one who started up in the Pyrenees where this trail begins and went all the way down into Spain across to that west coast and, and then set up the church there that exists, that is your kind of final destination when you're doing this pilgrimage. And that hike was something that I had wanted to do since high school. It was a bucket list item that I decided to do this May after I graduated from from my master's 
because truly, when was I going to get like three months off to just go hiking in Spain again? You know, there was a, a practical kind of element to it. And there was also the aspect where it seemed like the next great challenge for me. Coming out of grad school, I was certainly academically and intellectually pooped, but I knew that there were other areas of my life in which I needed something that would help me grow. And the Camino being being as long of a hike, it's close to 500 miles as it is, seemed like the perfect physical challenge because I've never done anything like that and also a great mental one to really see how well I could hold up pushing myself to do close to 15 miles of hiking it turned out day after day after day what it would take for me to feel comfortable in a foreign country in which I've I've honestly considered living before and what it, what I need to give myself in order to feel okay on my own. It was a very long, very difficult process. There were definitely days that were better than others, but I, I really had the trip of a lifetime. It was incomparable. And I am very grateful to have, have gotten so many reminders. But the reason I wanted to talk about this particular postcard from this particular town is that that day that I obtained this postcard was a day in which I saw all of my friends. And on the Camino, when you're, when you're walking at different paces, when you have different physical capabilities and that sort of thing, that's just not really all that common. Sure, you might see somebody every three, four days. You might even walk with a group of people for a few days. You might see someone two weeks apart from each other. But I saw every single person that I had had a a good conversation with come through town that day. And it was just wonderful to be able to party and have fun and drink and, and be tourists <laughs> in a kind of cheesy way altogether and to have that bond already from sharing such a unique experience. It was definitely my most smiley day on that whole trip and so it is very special to me. Next up we have probably my most singular <laughs> work on the art wall. I like to call it quote this is what my brain feels like, end quote. It is a Sharpie done on paper from the fall of 2019. It was done at a college party in our second to last semester from a friend at said party who was on acid and thus will remain unnamed for her uh, professional security. (laughs) The importance of this one to me is that It's such a unique visualization of the brain structure, of her sense of her own thought processes and her trains of thought as they were existing, you know, uh, on on the stimulant in that moment. And when you look at it, one side, the left side, is slightly more hectic than the other. 
And what I love about this is that it goes directly counter to the typical view that creativity is a product of the right brain and the left brain thinkers are more analytical and logical. Because in her case, the left side was the more creative, the more bouncing about, the more organic form-based depiction. Whereas the right side is much more linear. It's a lot less uh, squiggles and, and designs in small space. It's just a little more, a little easier to follow. Another interesting thing is that the sort of core is as equally important and detailed as the rest. So the part that looks like, you know, your most ancient brain, your um, cerebellum, is is just as equal and just as emphasized as the rest of the brain. So that indicates to me that maybe she was connecting with all of her brain, all of herself in a way that she maybe didn't always feel like she she had because we tend not to think too much about how our cerebellum works, that it's our instinct center, that it's, you know, basic functions. And yet when when you are not sober, as we all know, those basic functions you start to pay a little more attention to. If, say, you're smoking marijuana, you're definitely going to be paying more attention to your breathing as a result of the smoke effects on your lungs capacity, as well as the kinds of sense of, uh, of equilibrium that you carry throughout your body. And another fascinating part to me about this image is I wonder about the meanings of the different textures, so to speak, in, in this drawing. Why are some lines much more linear and others are much more flowing? Why are there certain dots or triangles or blobs? What is what do they signify? Are they emotions? Are they thoughts? Are they sensations? I will never know. But it's fascinating to me to have a, an idea of what her feeling was based on how she chose to draw her own brain on acid. Next up, we have a, I guess you could call it a spray painting. Uh, an image of New York City completed entirely with spray paint and in the left on the left third line of the image there's a giant oversized planet. I got this one in the spring of 2016 from my serious high school ex oof, uh, <laughs> who went with his friend group then and because of not only that X, but uh, another one as well. I don't know what it is with me and these boys who go to New York, but because of those two, it is forever associated for me with a sort of longing for someone who is distant in some way. It represents to me the allure, the light and color that New York City kind of represents to most people. I think it's it's, it encapsulates kind of that 
that tendency of people to dream something as more than it is. To me, this is something of the Times Square version of New York City in this image. It's pristine in the, in the white spaces. It's got all this gorgeous color. It's, it's shooting into the night sky. It looks so gorgeous. It looks like a place for people who make it. And when you get there, some of that is true, but it is also a city. There are garbage cans and pigeons and subways and people yelling and crazy traffic and all of that. So the image kind of represents to me the idea of a dream that that is projected onto something that you want so desperately to be true, but maybe is not. The imposing planet, especially to me, is like a reminder of that feeling that one can have in New York City where being at the top is still not, still doesn't make a person feel any larger because that feeling of, of Confidence is always kind of dampened by the size of the city, the activity level, that, that there's skyscrapers everywhere. You begin to feel small, no matter where you land on the success scale when you are in New York City, or at least I do. And that may be due to the high emotional intensity or, or kind of mystique of the experiences that I've had in the state of New York, especially New York City, some of which include a group of seniors on a class trip out to New York City in undergrad, got a few bottles of wine, and all of us on the trip sat on the rooftop of our hostel and had some wonderful drinks and some wonderful chats about all the art we were seeing on this trip, as well as, gosh, there was an incident in which I was hit by a car on Long Island and I lived. I walked away, pretty much walked away with just a broken wrist and like, how? Uh, there's, there's just something about New York where the, the craziest stuff happens. And, and I feel like the, the deep reds and ochres, like ambers, the intensity of the colors really reflects that as well. The next one I'm going to talk about is courtesy of one of my closest friends to this day, and I just want to give her a quick shout out. Grace, if you're listening, I love you, girl. So, obviously got it from one of my closest friends. We have been very good friends since high school, and it is a valentine that she drew and wrote. It is made in pen and colored pencil, and she gave it to me in February 2020. And the reason that it's up on the art wall is that it was a reminder we both needed at the time and that I sometimes still need that romantic love is not more precious or more important than any other type of love that I have for others or that they have for me. Platonic and familial love has, has, ugh, I'm about to get real sappy, but familial love has saved my life many, many times. And so to have a, a tangible thing 
that reminds me of this feeling of care and appreciation that I got from someone so close to me that she took the time to hand make this for me. The preciousness of that object is tied to the preciousness of that friendship forever. And it reminds me to check in on my friends and to to try and be a, 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 a source of love and support for the people in my life who need it. And last up, because God forbid I go a single episode without talking about something kind of feminist related to do with art, is a 1986 photograph by Barbara Kruger titled Untitled. I obtained it in the fall of 2021 after visiting the Barbara Kruger Thinking of You, I Mean Me, I Mean You exhibition at the Art Institute of Chicago. This one I <laughs> I love because it's it's just so self-explanatory. I don't need to say a single word about the content for everyone to get what it means. However, it's still special to me because of the kind of associations that I put with it. I mean, that's just true of art for every single person on this planet. Most of my art history education has been centered on Kruger's most famous images. For example, your body is a, battle, is a battleground and your gaze hits the side of my face from early on in her career. So it was extremely exciting for me to see what she is producing and how nowadays the evolution of a female artist's career, woman artist's career, however you want to phrase that, is so often ignored in favor of like one, so to speak, peak or, or top period where art critics and art historians believe that their most significant work came from. And that's not to say that's not also true, you know, of male artists as well. Picasso's blue period is critically raved about. However, that's where the story ends for most women artists is they get a little recognition, maybe early or most likely later in their career. And that's it. There's no comprehensive examination or rarely is a comprehensive examination of what stylistic changes exist and why? What responses are different across social situations in the past and the present? And how the artist is thinking about those transitions. There's also a bit of love for this exhibit and this memory because I just, I am a hometown girl. I love Chicago. I love my hometown stuff despite its many, many rejections of me as a candidate for all sorts of internships and jobs, I just still love the Art Institute. They just know what to put on and they put on good stuff. And finally, <laughs> um, there was a sort of humorous element to it. I wore my Barbara Kruger did it first t-shirt in support uh, and then once I was actually in the exhibition, I realized the irony of her getting credit for the style, like within the shirt, but she didn't get, she didn't get my money for that shirt. So <laughs> I realized in the midst of her one section, 
that was sort of a, a critique of how how much her red banner with the with the one font has been used in so many commercial endeavors i realized oh wait i'm giving her credit but i'm not really giving her credit and it was a really interesting cognitive dissonance moment for me another reason that this exhibition was very cool was that i went and saw it with my mom and I was excited to show her this sort of feminism in contemporary art that I feel she very much shows me in contemporary life. My mom and my mom's family, the women especially in my mom's family, have been the ones to most often specifically in you know in uh, response to the you can't do this or you shouldn't do this because you're a girl type of of sentiments those are the women who have always shown me always told me that's nonsense you can do anything you set your mind to you can do anything you work hard at and these double standards are crap don't abide by them And so it was nice to be able to bring my mom into a space that I felt like reflected visually the messages that she had verbally been communicating to me my whole life. And I was very excited to see her reactions and she was very intrigued, which just excited me all the more. Okay, honeys, that was five new objects from my personal art wall. Five new stories for you to enjoy. I hope to make the personal pinups an ongoing thing. And thank you for tuning in despite the unexpected schedule change. We will be coming back to Victorian death photography at a more appropriate time. But in the meantime, keep an eye out for more information on the updates for November, the planned specials and all that. And we'll see you when we see you. Take good care of yourselves, honeys. This podcast was created, produced, written, hosted, edited, and fact-checked by master's graduate Celia Bugno. Our upcoming music will be courtesy of Kelsey Weber. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe on all of your favorite streaming platforms as well as your social medias.